This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardian Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. Disappointing series as the Guardians dropped three out of four to the Mariners. They did manage to score a comeback victory. And interestingly enough, the Mariners, with a lead in the eighth inning this year, were 51-0. and And now they're 51-1 and as the Guardians came back, put together one of their uh, traditional... Hey, just get them on, get them over innings. Jose Ramirez hit a key double as well as hitting a home run in that game. And the Guardians managed to pull off a 4-3 win, but couldn't do much else in the series. It was disappointing to not win Game 2 with Bieber pitching well. Uh, Guardians ended up losing that one 2-1. That was the one to win. And you come out of there with a split, you feel really, really great about this road trip. But at the same time, you still feel good about it because... The Guardians swept the Padres, took one from the Mariners, so it ends up being a 500 road trip. Twins pick up two games because the Giants are absolutely terrible, and the Twins took care of business against the Giants. So that's kind of where things are as far as uh, what we see from the vision race. The Guardians are two ahead of the Twins and five ahead of the White Sox, who got swept by the Diamondbacks. Rough weekend for the White Sox, so we'll kind of see how that goes from here. Now over the weekend, uh, some things kind of exploded on Guardians Twitter, so to speak. Now some of you that listen may not be involved in Guardians Twitter, but I know I have a lot of folks that are. And uh, over the weekend, a lot of information about Ahmed was shared back and forth, Ahmed Rosario, primarily because Andre Knott during the broadcast said that Jose Ramirez had suggested to the front office that they should extend Ahmed Rosario. It's pretty clear that Jose and Ahmed are close, and Jose likes Ahmed a lot and appreciates him. And it's been noted how Ahmed has encouraged and kind of pushed Jose. So uh, one thing I'll say is that uh, making Jose happy and making Jose want to continue to give his best to this organization, not that I'm thinking he'll give anything less than his best, is a good goal for the organization. So if the organization says, hey, maybe we can find a way for things to work for Ahmed to stay here, financially speaking, then I imagine that's what they'll do. And certainly, Jose wanting Ahmed to stay makes me kind of think that he'll probably be here for 2023 unless the team gets overwhelmed some sort of trade offer. Now, uh, where this runs into issues is that you have people on Twitter some people that just don't like Ahmed Rosario as a player, per se, uh, who will say, like, if the team extends him, I'm going to stab myself. Or if the team uh, is, you know, going to extend him, I don't know what they're doing. It's just a disaster. That would be so bad. You know, if the team keeps him for another year, even, the team, and they even had somebody tell me the team should 
cut him after these last couple of bad games in Seattle, which is insane. I mean, the guys played really well all season long, and he had a really tough past couple games. It happens to anybody. You can't make any decisions based off of a couple games. So uh, with, with those kind of extremes out there, then on the other side, you have people that say, hashtag Ahmed forever. You say people that say, oh, Ahmed needs to be part of this team for the rest of his life. Oh, they need to keep him here. He's our starting shortstop for for the future. And I think that both sides of this are kind of crazy because neither one of those things really accurately shows who Ahmed is and how we should be looking at him. So let's take a look real quick at Ahmed Rosario. The big thing that Ahmed has done this year is improve his defense. Now, last year uh, he struggled and you could see it and this year he's really improved it and made himself to the point where he's a pretty much an average defender at short so um, and, and that's by defensive run save by this defensive run saves he's four runs above average now I will say that his numbers have dropped recently in outs above average outs above average he's negative four and he had that at zero for most of the year. So outs above average apparently is seeing Ahmed struggle a little bit with his range. It's kind of his range is the issue. Uh, he just doesn't always get in the right position to make plays. So again, you know, that's something you have to evaluate. At best, he's an average defensive shortstop. He made some improvements from last year. You can see that in the defensive run save. Last year, he was negative nine defensive run save. And he's four defensive run save this year. So that kind of shows you that he's improved a little bit. Now his outs above average have actually declined slightly this year, but that fluctuates a little bit. He may bring that up a little bit by the end of the year. Last year he was negative three outs above average. He's, he's around a defensive average shortstop. So that's been good for him. Now this year, as far as his offensive performance goes, you know, I like to look at WRC plus because 100 is average. Last year he was 99 and this year he's 105. And that's after a couple of rough games in Seattle. So we, we can certainly acknowledge that, you know, if he if he's maybe a little tired, gets an off day, maybe he comes back and kind of pushes that back up to where it's been for most of the year, which is a little bit closer to 110. Um, his zips projections for the rest of the year have him at 107 WRC plus. That's kind of where he's been for most of the year. And that's what zips is expecting from him. And right now he's at two wins above replacement. Last year, he finished the year at 2.3 wins above replacement. The rest of the season projections having him putting up about another half a win. So overall, it's going to be a slightly better year for Ahmed than it was for last year. Ahmed Rosario is a super valuable player to have because you know his value is pretty much established. He's going to give you that two to two and a half wins a season every year. And there are intangibles that you can't really put on the paper. The fact that he leads the league in competitive runs at first base, the fact that the guy is always hustling, the fact that his teammates love him, that stuff is important. But here's the thing. I cannot see Cleveland's front office paying for Ahmed Rosario to be their starting shortstop for the next, you know, even for beyond 2023. Because Cleveland's been drafting, developing, signing, developing shortstops for the past, you know, six years. And they've got some really incredible shortstops coming up from Brian Rocchio to Gabriel Arias 
to uh, Angel Martinez, uh, to even Milan Tolentino. There are shortstops galore in the system to be excited about, especially for me, Rocchio and Martinez look like these are switch hitters who are going to be incredible shortstops in the majors. So even if you look at the projections for Gabriel Arias and Brian Rocchio, you can see that starting in 2023 and definitely into 2024, they're projected to be better players more valuable players than Ahmed Rosario. And that's because the projection systems are looking at how they're performing for their age at the different levels they're at and saying, look what these guys should be able to hit as far as um, what we're seeing from their skills in the minors. Their ceilings are a lot higher than Ahmed Rosario, but having not seen them play, it's impossible to say if they're going to hit those ceilings or if the, the mean, the kind of average of where they're supposed to be is going to be better than Ahmed Rosario. But the team's been developing these shortstops for years and years, so it's hard for me to think that they're not going to bet on their development, especially when these players are going to be a lot cheaper for a team that doesn't consider itself to be flushed with cash. Um, they're going to bet on that cheap talent. Now, here's the only way that I could see Ahmed Rosario staying beyond 2023. If the team says to Ahmed, hey, we love having you here. We love you being in this clubhouse. We want to make you a super utility guy who plays like almost every day a week at first base, second base, third base, left field, and then some shortstop. Can you work on trying to get those infield positions down? Ahmed has not played second base even. We don't know if he can play third base, first base, or second base, and he didn't look good in left field. But the one thing that Ahmed Rosario does very well is he does hit left-handed pitching very well, and this is a team that needs that. So if Ahmed Rosario could bring himself to be the super utility player, and not only that, if he was willing to be paid like somebody who was a super utility player, you get that 136 WRC plus against left-handed pitching that he's put up this year, and his career numbers against left-handed pitching are absolutely uh, very good as well, 124 WRC+, plus, and you can plug that in the lineup at any time against left-handed pitching, and you still feel solid with him against right-handed pitching. He's put up an 84 WRC+, plus for his career against them, which isn't great, but you know if he can provide you a guy who can actually catch the ball at first base, for example, a guy who's got the ability to throw it from third and, and fill in for guys in your lineup, give them a day off your feet, you can make that work. The problem is, I don't see any way, realistically, that Ahmed is going to take a contract for a super utility player for a couple of years. You know, it probably would be like a two to three year contract. For Ahmed to take that means that he's going to take about half the pay that he could get as a major league shortstop. And I think I'm being generous there. And I just don't see Ahmed Rosario being the player that he is, betting on him, not betting on himself to get a contract as a major league starting shortstop. Maybe he loves Cleveland. Maybe he loves Jose Ramirez. Maybe he just loves this team and believes in this team and he wants to do that. But I don't expect that out of any player. I expect a player to maximize their earnings as much as possible. And I, I think that's only the right thing to do. So I would be absolutely floored if the team extends Ahmed Rosario to play shortstop for the future. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they keep him for 2023. Would be floored if they kept him beyond that. But if they do, that means that the team values the fact that they have uh, that established value in Ahmed Rosario. Just would go against everything I've seen this team do in the past if they extended him to play shortstop.
and I would be shocked. But again, I wouldn't be upset because Ahmed is a great player. Um, as, and when I say great, people are like, great, he's not great. Well, I'm not saying that he's an elite player. I'm saying that he is a great guy to have on your team because you know that he is an above-average player. He's a good player who provides something in your lineup that you can count on. Absolutely shouldn't be batting second. Should be batting sixth in the lineup because it's a lot of ground balls, and that's going to get you a lot of double plays. Not his fault. It's just the profile that he has as a batter. But he is a valuable player to have on your team. So I hope that... Cleveland Twitter can stop fighting about this because the numbers are pretty obvious about who Ahmed Rosario is. We don't have to wonder if he's got more in him. We, we've seen the best that he can offer, and when he's hot, he's incredibly hot, and he carries a team. But for the most part of the year, um, he's going to kind of average out to an average player, which is a lot of value in that. Now, before I end this episode, just wanted to also uh, note that I have exhausted my patience with Owen Miller. I've been somebody who says, hey, the team needs to give him 600 at-bats while we're there, and Owen Miller has shown that he's not really capable of hitting Major League pitching on a consistent basis. He had an insane April. He had an okay, uh, not even average, but almost okay July, and that's been it. The guy is is about the, uh, I Miles Straw is the worst qualified hitter in baseball, and Owen Miller is right behind him. I think of a certain number of bats on Ahmed. I mean, Miles Straw is last, and Owen Miller is like 17th from last. He can't hit left-handed pitching, and that's been his main role in the lineup. And he made two crucial mistakes against Seattle that cost Aaron Savale a three-run homer, basically. He looks terrible at first. The numbers don't necessarily all reflect that. Some of them do, but he makes mental mistakes there all the time. You have to get Owen Miller out of first base. I don't know if that means calling up Gabriel Arias. Got to find somebody who can at least catch the ball. Even if they can't hit better than Owen Miller, got to have somebody who can at least catch the ball there. If it's Ernie Clement, if it's Arias, if it's Jones, if it's Benson, I don't know. But the team needs to move on from having Owen Miller in that role. And if I could pick one thing to happen coming up into September, it would be to demote Owen Miller to Columbus and find someone else to take that spot on the roster. So that's kind of how it is there. And I feel like I've been super patient there. And again, want to emphasize, Owen Miller is far better at baseball than I am at anything in my life. He's super talented baseball player to be able to get to this point, but it's just not happening. It's not working here. And maybe he has something that he can work on the minors. Maybe he can fix things. He's still a young guy, but it just... You know, they've done all they can to give him the opportunities. And beyond April, it's been pretty, pretty terrible for him. Now, Straw, unfortunately, I thought maybe he might be pulling around with being able to pull the ball a little bit more. I will say that sometimes, you know, you make those adjustments and it's hard to really keep them going. So I'm interested to see him come back home and see if he can start pulling the ball again. But at this point, you're in a playoff chase. It's probably time to try to get Miles Straw a little more time on the bench until he can figure that thing out with the bat uh, and have him come in late in the game as a defensive replacement. Get that amazing glove, that amazing range out there. When you've got a lead, let him be kind of the closer for the defense in the outfield. But, you know, whether it's Benson or Brennan, um, looks like maybe the team doesn't think much of quad and center, um, but maybe it's Benson or Brennan. You got to get somebody else there to take some at-bats away from Straw because it's just not working. Unless, you know, like I said, unless he comes home and he starts pulling the ball again, 
Got to go up there aggressive. Got to try to drive the ball as much as he can because this team needs him. Now, again, the team's performing very well. I felt very good about the pitching this weekend. I felt good about the hitting. They're, they even hit pretty well. They just couldn't quite get the sequences sequencing right. But you can't have multiple black holes in your lineup and get guys home when you're running this kind of offense that doesn't rely on home runs. If you're not going to get home runs, you got to have that consistent line of hitters going. Guys who are going to put up good competitive at-bats and have a chance of being getting on base. And when you have Miller and Straw in your lineup, that's just not happening, especially if you have a couple guys that have off games and, you know, Jose still trying to figure things out and Josh Naylor's in a little bit of a funk. Can't just continue to go the way that they are. So for those of you who've listened today as I kind of outline those situations, just want to remind you to go to SheetsGiggles.com, check out some amazing sustainably made eucalyptus sheets from Sheets and Giggles. And as you check out for those, you know, you got the fall coming, the winter coming, when a nice warm pair of sheets, when a nice comfortable place to spend a day in bed. Uh, that's Sheets and Giggles Sheets. And when you check out with those, make sure you enter the promo code GUARDIANS to get uh, 15% off and also support the podcast. So thanks for listening today. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.